when I was first in the States, somebody said, would you like a cup of tea? And I'm like, okay, let's try this. And she took the water, she put it in a cup and she put it in the microwave. Oh, no. No. And this this person is still my friend, but we can't talk about this. We can't talk about how she once did that. <laughs> you know, even this microwave mash here, I disapprove. Like, no, that's not okay. That's wow. Okay. Yeah, I can do it. And people make their coffee in the microwave too. Like they 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 heat I mean, their milk. I'm I'm not a scientist, but the hot is just a different hot. It's 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 a it's a. Uh, how you call this um, genetically modified hot? <laughs> it's Fahrenheit hot versus Celsius. Yeah, that's what it is. It's <laughs> Fahrenheit, not Celsius. <laughs> not metric hot. We cracked it. The thermal scientist group. We cracked it. Oh, Welcome to We Heart Mom Jokes. I'm Lalita. I'm the queer mom of a 15-year-old. I'm a single mother by choice and a comic. And I'm Smita. I'm a mom of two. And I met Lalita doing stand-up comedy. And we started doing this podcast way before Omicron, way before Delta, when it was just boring COVID-19. And we were wondering... (laughs) How are other moms coping in this pandemic? Are they finding it as stressful as we do? So we decided to reach out and talk to some people that we love talking to, other comics. Other comics! Yay! We love other comics. So today I'm so excited to introduce our guest, Suni Reyes. Suni is a New York City-based comedian. And get this, people, she's appeared in Nora from Queens on Comedy Central. And Billions, which I'm a big fan of. So, oh my goodness. Yay, Suni! Welcome! Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. As usual, we'll start with a clip from Suni here talking about who she is. Okay. Uh, I am actually Dominican Puerto Rican. And yes, baby. I know, too much culture. I get it. I get it. I get it. When I tell white people that I'm Dominican Puerto Rican, they get so confused. <laughs> oh, so you're both? Like we're not allowed to mix it up or something? <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm saying I'm half dolphin, half horse, you know? <laughs> but then when I tell my people, they get very territorial. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But if you had to choose, which one would you choose? Bro, it doesn't matter. They want to deport us either way. (laughs) So (laughs) I came to New York City originally to work as a dancer. Yes, I know. uh, uh, Not a stripper, a real dancer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nothing against strippers. You see, there's nothing worth, you know, a tip here. You know, I'm a... (laughs) Please, I'm a burles Latina. (laughs) You know, um, because not all Latinas. Latinx, Latine, Latini, Latinu. Latin Y. Okay, I did all the vowels and the Y. <laughs> Don't try to cancel me. These are jokes, okay? Don't even try it. Don't even try it. Wow, what a combination, Dominican and Puerto Rican. Tell us more. <laughs> it is a fun combination. It is a lot. It has taught me how to code switch. Like I've been code switching mm. my entire life. Because even though it's two Caribbean islands, um, 
you know, there is, it's just like every, everything else. Like, you know, France has the beef with Spain and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Australia has a beef with, you know, Great Britain. Like they always, <laughs> there's always a beef. There's beef it's everywhere. Everywhere. vegetarian, you know. Beef. You know. <laughs> No, but I do feel that Holland having a beef with Germany and Belgium is is different. It's completely appropriate, you know. Oh, (laughs) I grew up in Singapore and we had beef with Malaysia. Someone once told me that Malaysia is the Canada of Singapore. And I was like, God, I was like, is that a compliment? What is that? I can't even process this. Like, what is this? Should I laugh? But I'm very curious. What is the beef between Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic? It's so complicated. Listen, again, I blame, I blame whatever happened during the 1500s. Everything that's that's happening right now, blame it on colonization. 500 year old beef. <laughs> 500 year old beef. Take that spam. Right. <laughs> yeah. But is, is it, be- honestly, the Caribbean has a beautiful connection because we technically have like the same, not everyone, but there there is a, um, most people in the Caribbean, you know, have the same blood of the the Tainos, the Arawak people, which are the indigenous people of of that uh, Mm -hmm. area, or or Caribes, or, you know, the enslaved people that uh, were brought to the islands and then they just literally like had to build a new life there. And it's a lot of similarities. So Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of pettiness caused by other people, but there's a lot of similarities and- Pettiness, I can relate. Pettiness, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me more about the code switching. Do you have to like change your, because I mean, I do code switching, you know, when I'm talking to people from India, people from Singapore, like, do you have to change the accent and stuff? Yeah. I'm very curious about the Spanish. Tell her, yeah, I want to hear about all about this too. So my aunts and uncles were like all Dominicans. So, so we were like, that was like, you know, when you were like, at a party you were or in it you were living in it right like that was like oh i'm with my dominican family so i would have a dominican accent in spanish when i go to school and i'm in puerto rico uh, my dad is puerto rican i am you know surrounded by puerto ricans in school i am full on like just my spanish is puerto rican and everything is puerto rican and people will you know they knew that my background was was mixed but the way that I spoke in school was not the same way I spoke at home yeah. or vice, or if I went, like when I went to college, same thing. Like if I, whenever I was doing in a professional setting mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, it would be like Puerto Rican Spanish. And then when I'm like back at home or talking to like my aunts, it will be like Dominican Spanish. Yeah. You know, I was at a party recently and this gentleman, I, I you know, you can make your assumptions about him and his background. He was like, you look Indian, but you don't sound very Indian. Why is that? And mm-hmm. I just looked at him and I was like, I'm code switching. <laughs> I'm making your life easier. Yeah, I know. I was like, this person has never had to code switch. You know, I, I call it majority privilege where like everyone around you is all the same and everything is the, like, you've never had to do that. Listen, no. your, your code switching stories are, are very endearing, but let me tell you what it's like for white person. <laughs> Moving oh, from no. <laughs> from England to the United States of America. I mean, the code switching that I have to go through on a daily basis, it's <laughs> it's Bush very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. 
And then on top of that, I have to deal with the fact that they're still not using the metric system here. It, it's like, not cold when it's 50 degrees. You cannot say it's 50 degrees and it's cold. Like it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> metric system. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. I don't get it either. I, I don't get it either. But that, listen, the metric system is the, the original cold switcher, I guess. <gasps> you, ooh. Ooh, I love that. Oh. I, you know, it's like, here's how I know I really stayed in America too long. Like when my friends in Singapore have babies and they're like, oh, you know, he was 2.8 kilograms. I'm like, okay, 2.2. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what's a good number because I gave birth to a nine and a half pound baby. Oh, oh nine and a half. Congratulations. <laughs> right? Like, or like, I'm sorry for your, for you, right? Oh, no. Like, you're the real heroes, people. Listen, it was all natural because I love pain, apparently. <laughs> oh my God, we're the same person and we gave birth to the same baby. Nine and a half pounds, all natural. Keep talking. Really? Talk- Is yeah. that true? Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, like it, it was, but, but I wonder how much would that be um, in the metric system? That's like three. The pain would kilograms. be the same. The, the, the pain. pain. <laughs> The decibels okay. screaming are exactly the same. But it's how old's your? Tell us about your child, Sunny. So he is eleven, middle schooler here, and like I don't know, like how is fifteen? Like I need to get ready for fifteen. Is, are the hormones really kicking in? Like there's no preparation for fifteen. <laughs> just, just bulk by Axe body spray, you know, like twenty cans. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, because I'm feeling like 11 is getting there. And I'm like, mm, excuse me. <laughs> You're still, uh, you know, I, I know you, you became an expert on Excel and spreadsheets during remote learning but you're still not paying rent. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you when you weighed nine pounds. Excuse me. Right? Yeah. And for him, that's like nothing. He's like, I was so tiny. And like, everyone thought you were three months old when you came. <laughs> like, everyone was like, oh, he's like, you know, three. No, he he's like a day old. Really? I had a playlist. I had a playlist. It was all, you know, uplifting, upbeat. It had like Bob Marley. And, wow. and at some point, my sister was my my birth partner. And she put this this music on. And I was like... If you don't turn that off right now, I'm going to kill you. That's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. What poor artist, whoever they were, like getting murdered over their song. Like, But it's true. The, the smallest things will like trigger you. Like for me, it was smells. Like if there was a strong smell specifically, like I just, I just, you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to be triggered through my nose I don't know I mean you're fighting a war like that's that's the language that they have to put on on labor mm-hmm. like you're fighting a war and and you're gonna win but whoa this yeah no, <laughs> kind of <old> lavender <laughs> just because like so many other women fight this war doesn't make it easy so like you know like it's you need to stay in the moment because if you start freaking out and I already have this doing like push-ups like I'm working out right now with this can I give her a quick shout out yes please. I'm working out with this kind of trainer to the comedians like what a niche uh, wow 
um, called Stasia Patwell, and she is amazing. And as she's walking you through these uh, really difficult workouts, and it's like, yeah, it sucks right now, but it sucks even more if you start projecting into the future, like, what, another 30 of these? I can't do it. So don't do that. Just stay in the moment. And and labor is like that. Um, I do think that she she makes us do this dog into plank, and then you have to move your knee towards your elbow. Stasia, it's worse than labor. Congratulations. You've actually... <laughs> Wow, worse than labor. What a rebounding cow that's worse than childbirth. Well done, girl. (laughs) Well, here's a here's a a challenging uh, take, I guess. I loved I mean, I loved giving birth. I loved everything about it, including the pain and the pooping and everything. But yeah, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would do the first year again. And then it's like, okay, I'll see you in 18 years. Come back when you can vote if you vote for, you know, the right people. Obviously, if you're going to vote for the other people, don't even ever come back. Bye bye. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to blame whoever raised you because, you know, they didn't do a good job. But hopefully that's so funny. Like, I truly it is true. There's something sentimental about it where you're like, oh, like those painful moments were beautiful. But 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 this is the thing like I. Okay, now because I'm talking about my son, but he is wonderful. He's truly, like he was, for me, I was like, he's the best baby. He was so smart and just like, he, he was a good a good soul and a good, um, he has a good heart, like a big, big heart as a, as a kid and, and as a, now as a almost teenager. So I, I'm like, I, I would go through it again if I can get a guarantee that I'll get the, the same baby. <laughs> Okay, I, hear, <laughs> I hear people that they're like, oh, no, the second one is going to be the one that's going to be a, 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 you know, a terrorist, just like will like terrorize your life and you will just like destroy all of your dreams. You will like stay up all night. I'm like, oh, no, you have two. So tell us what it's like. Me, me, me. Oh, yeah. But but first of all, I just want to add a note that Suni's opinion of her son, totally unbiased, absolutely objective. <laughs> Definitely not clouded by a mother's love, everybody. You know, it was scientific practically, okay? So, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I have two kids, five and three. And um, you know what? Each one comes out a totally different person, which is, I guess, obvious to me now. So all that stuff you learned with the first one, you're like, oh, time to just throw that out the window and try something different. So that that would be challenging. Yeah, but be honest, which one is your favorite? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of all the children that are represented in this particular uh, podcast episode, Asuni's son is my favorite. You know, by far. <laughs> I mean, that kindness, that's lovely, lovely spirits. <laughs> He's the best, honestly. I love to hear that. That's so yeah. sweet. Does he like um, to cook? He did during the, the, quarant- the quarantine, like we got into baking and he was like so into it but then you know right after he went back to school and saw his friends forget about it he doesn't want to help me yeah I mean you know priorities but but I am curious Suni since you have two cultures in your life well three you know how does that influence do you cook one food from one culture more than the other or Mm -hmm. what is that like okay it's the worst it's truly the worst uh baby daddy's a gringo he's a white boy 
-hmm. I am the colonizer in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it right. He so he doesn't eat my rice and beans, what? my plantains, my what? yuca, batata, like all the stuff that I grew up with. He he's like Irish and Swedish, and he just he doesn't even like potatoes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so sorry to hear he, that. I know. So it was very hard at the beginning. Like he basically, he did, he took over the kitchen because I would eat whatever he cooked. Like he was good with like pastas and just like a, a, a protein, either fish or chicken with like sides. So that, that was like the diet that we did yeah. for, for the longest time. And then when my son started eating like with us, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to introduce him to like my <laughs> <Yes>. food. <laughs> like... I was cool girlfriend till now, but okay, no more. <laughs> right, and I love that he cooks. I love that my husband cooks. It's, it's truly like life-saving, life-changing, life everything because it is it is hard. You know, cooking is hard. That's not easy. It's yeah. not. And, it and takes... the everydayness, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. The everydayness of it is so hard. Like exactly. it never stops. Yeah. Exactly. So to have someone that, you know, gets in the kitchen and gets it done, great. But I was like, we need to, get some rice and beans in here <laughs> and, and you know my son now he loves rice and beans thank god he likes plantains and he likes my food <laughs> yeah. um fried yucca fried plantains just the best yes oh, I like good it. now i'm that's getting hungry yeah, i know <laughs> that's my stuff fried plantains i grew up with I grew up a uh, working class. Uh, I literally went to work after class. <laughs> yes. Uh, my parents uh, had a small hardware store in Santurce, Puerto Rico. Yes. And it was mandatory to go to work after school. <laughs> you know, now they call it child labor. <laughs> but you know, back then it was like avoid a beating. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We had a half hour break to get out of our school uniforms and get something to eat in the paint aisle. <laughs> yes, my mom had a little stove and a refrigerator at the end of the paint aisle. <laughs> and uh, every day she would cook some of uh, yautia, yuca, batata, plantains. Yeah, and spam. <laughs> yes, I grew up on a colonial diet. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, sometimes we, we did get fancy and we would have like rice and beans and sausages. Honey, they were fancy. They came in a can from Vienna. <laughs> they were very fancy, baby. Oh, yes. So yeah, the colonial diet. I mean, it's true. Like if you grew up in a colony, you just have these like strange food items that you're like, where did this come from? You know? <laughs> yes. It's like, how do you put a sausage inside a can? Like how, like I asked other people here in the States, like other Latino friends that I, I'm like, do you guys ever eat? They're like, what? No, like we never. So we, we got that because in the US, everything came in a can, like everything you know, cranberries come in a can, <laughs> like pumpkin, mm -hmm. you know, like sausages and sardines. Everything is like, I don't know, in Europe, you guys also have a lot of canned 
well, things, right? I mean, obviously I grew up in Europe, you know, like more than, I know it's difficult to give my age away, but it was a while ago, let's put it that way. And so, okay, when I was growing up, this will give our American listeners a sense of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the deprivation that I went through as a child. We had one cereal and it was cornflakes, Kellogg's cornflakes. That was it. There was no other cereal. Mm-hmm. And so then we would go to England on, on holiday when I was little and they'd have like Cheerios and, you know, whatever, these sugar-coated puffs or whatever. But that would be it. And then when I moved to the United States, I'm like, what's happening? What's what? <laughs> An entire aisle. Oh, yeah. oh, is it cereal month? Like, is it some kind of special celebration? But no, that's normal. And so... Um, there is so much choice here and all of it's crap. It's absolutely <laughs> how you just want to get applesauce in a jar, but it's like it's either got extra sugar or extra sweetener or extra this. or And it's like, no, I just want, you know, like I suppose you're supposed to just do it at home, peel and mash, whatever the old fashioned yeah, And then way. bake your own bread and make your own yogurt and sew your own clothes as well. Like, right, on, exactly. <laughs> I imagine uh, now, I mean, I when I go to Holland, I, I think I'm still drawn towards the traditional because I the food I miss from my childhood. And so I get my family to make pancakes and, and whatever dishes, you know, and then we go out for pizza. Um, you know what's weird about the Netherlands? Uh, they use American as a bit of a slur. They say things like, oh, that's so American. That's so American. Americans only care about money. Well, yeah, but the Dutch literally invented capitalism. (laughs) Way back when, when they were going around the world in their boats. looking for spices that, to this day, they refuse to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Was pepper worth it, is, is what I'm saying. I mean, the best food in any country is the immigrant food, right? So mm. you get kebabs and shawarma and just great the Turkish bread and hmm. So we get that now as well. Uh, but I imagine there's tons of canned food. I didn't have a microwave until I moved to the United States with a two-year-old son. Same, same. And, I would and in never... England would be like, okay, you just put this cup of tea in the microwave to heat it up. And I'm like, I don't have a microwave. And they'd be like, how do you live? And I'm like, what do you need a microwave for? I'd been in um, the States for like a week yeah. at a microwave, of course. And I was like, how did I ever live without this? Like how? <laughs> yeah. I scramble eggs in the microwave. Well, that's no, disgusting. no, that's disgusting. Okay. No, no, no! Don't judge me. It's actually really delicious. It's <laughs> better than pan. It's I'm I'm not joking. No, no, oh. never, never. Oh my goodness! This is it. We're canceling the podcast. Oh we no! Oh, eggs. <laughs> but I am. As soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna go scramble some eggs in the microwave just as an experiment. How'd you do it? Um, you crack an egg and then you. Beat it up and then put it in the microwave. In How long? Uh, I do like 45 seconds and then I take it out, stir it and then do it. Then you can like choose how, you know, scrambly or not cooked you want. Oh my it. God. Our it's faces are hilarious. Sumi and I are just like. 
I know. Oh my God. For more cooking tips, please follow us. As we like to say, if you'd like useful advice, please go listen to a different podcast because this one is the worst. But I feel that now with the scrambling eggs in the microwave, that's this is the terrible thing about this country. People will say, oh, that's a really good idea and they'll start doing it. Right? No, I'm telling you, don't judge it till you've tried it. It's actually really high quality. I know my, my microwave cooking is like really high quality. But how, where does this, how do you really make the scrambling happen? Because you need to scramble something. I know, you know, I, know. I, I, I know what you're saying, but like, you just take it out and mash it around. Like, I know. <laughs> it's, it's not scrambled, it's microwave mashed. It's the microwave mashed. Yeah, it's mashed. microwave mashed and it's actually fantastic. <laughs> Wow. I remember um, the first time somebody made me a cup of tea. I mean, okay, tea is very problematic, right? I saw a bumper sticker once and it said, make tea, not war. And you're like, thanks, colonialism. And it's like, you know, wait till that person finds out literally anything <laughs> about tea. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't tell them about Boston. <laughs> from, from the leaves to the sugar, baby. It's, it's all literally... <laughs> so oh bad uh, but anyway having spent 20 years of my life in England I like a good cup of tea and uh, when I was first in the state somebody said would you like a cup of tea and I'm like okay let's try this and she took the water she put it in a cup and she put it in the microwave oh no no and this this person is still my friend but we can't talk about this we can't talk about how she once did that <laughs> you even this microwave mash here I disapprove like no that's not okay wow yeah i can do it and people make their coffee in the microwave too like they 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 heat up i'm i'm not a scientist but the hot is just a different hot it's 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 a it's a um how you call this um genetically modified hot (laughs) (laughs) it's fahrenheit hot versus celsius yeah that's what it is it's It's fahrenheit not celsius Metric hot. The thermal scientist group. We've cracked it. Sunny, how do you combine being a comedian with being? And do you refer to yourself as a comedian or a comic? I interchange them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like it has some feelings about this. Okay, someone once told me a comedian says funny things and a comic says things funny. Or was it the other way around? And what? I don't, I don't understand what that means. I, I don't actually. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think they both make people laugh, but usually, <laughs> usually, <Okay>. the, <laughs> right? Usually, yeah. uh, the conservative uh, comedians. Uh, no, the, I say conservative in a, in the sense of like uh, the art of comedy, not political, <laughs> not a political like conservative. No, like, you know, like the ones that want to preserve the art of oh. telling jokes of stand-up where mm-hmm. I'm a comic because I, I tell jokes on the mic and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I tell them this way. And Is this and, your uh, impersonation of a white man? Because it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a impersonation of a conservative comic. It's a conservative comic, <laughs> right, right. I hold the mic, you know, mm-hmm. with this hand and... And these fingers are pointing up and uh, I'm going to tell my punchline and wait for people to laugh. You know, <laughs> in case you it's, missed it, she just code switched, but go on. 
Right, right. No, I feel like those are like the ones that will, that love to call themselves like comics and nothing else. Like, don't call me a comedian. But I feel like a comedian as a is, is a little more rounded a term, or people use it in a more of a um, mm. expanded uh, uh, universe of like that includes characters or includes improv comedy or includes parodies or satire or just 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 someone that makes things funny you know and I, not I do only like, like that you know like it doesn't only tell jokes and I'm definitely a comedian like I do improv and sketch comedy and characters mm-hmm. and stand up like I and an I, actor you do right. so how do you combine all of that with being a mom that was my original question I mean, it's truly insane. I've been doing, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing all of those things at once. Like I literally uh, got pregnant during my improv one hundred and one class. <laughs> wow, I, I need to go to that class. What are they doing in right? that class? Not, like not with anyone in the class, but oh. you know, like it was. It was, I was a victim of the pullout system. And, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's taking yes and to a whole nother level. Another level. Uh, we were in love and poor. And we were like, if, if, if not now, when? And we were like, we can do this. And then it was like, oh no, this is truly not now. This is war. No, this is the actual <laughs> war. Like, you know, because. I had no money and my, my, my husband's family is also not here. So it, we had no family near, no money, no career, no name. Mm-hmm. And we were building, you know, that, that career at the same time that we were raising a child in New York city, one of the most expensive cities in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, it was, wow. it was truly insane. I would bring him to rehearsals. I would bring him to open mics out the open mics truly almost killed me like it, it was really rough because you know they're very misogynistic I don't know in the bay area mm-hmm. but open mics can be very mm-hmm. depressing <laughs> and yes. you know they could care less about a mom telling jokes they don't want to hear about it they mm-hmm. unless you're talking about you know vaginas in a sexual way no one wants to hear it mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it was it, it took you know it, it was an uphill battle but you know you find your way and 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 you find people that that do look at you and your your talents before looking at getting something out, out of you or off of you. Like, like mm-hmm. in the comedy world, I feel like there's a lot of like, you know, what can I get from this mm-hmm. person or oh, the yeah. friend? We're going to be friends because, you know, we can we can. Um, build something together but I always had to bounce home because I had to like go back to the baby because I had only two hours of babysitting that I could afford so I couldn't stay and hang out you know that after after hangout it's like you've got to get there early especially once so at the bay in the bay they have this thing I don't know whether they do that in New York where you can sign up online for a mic so they'll give and that is so family friendly um, and so when mics don't do that, it's hard because then you have to get there, you know, that much earlier again to get your spots. And then sometimes you're number 23. So then you have to sit through two hours of other people's jokes. And in some ways that's helpful you know, to hear, hear other people. But if you have a babysitter on the clock or a kid home alone, it's like you don't want to do that. And so I, um, I right. do appreciate the online sign up system that makes life a little easier for parents. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I truly like I had to. When, when I saw how hard and how 
I, it truly was not welcoming the stand-up scene uh, as a mother. I was, I, I truly was like, all right, I, I need something more supportive. And that's where improv and sketch comedy came in mm -hmm. and doing, I did improv at UCB and people's improv theater here in New York. And it was, even though people were still single and young, <laughs> they, they, yeah. they were all like, you know, in their twenties and, 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 you know, trying to date each other and do other things to each other. And I was like, bye, I need to like breastfeed my baby. <laughs> like no one care about it, but there, it was still a, a teamwork that came to the art that yeah. helped me build my sense of humor and my sensibilities with, you know, comedy. And then once my son got older and I was able to leave him alone with my dog, <laughs> like you know because we truly we barely like I ask friends for for favors like can you watch my kid and I will bring him to like a diner and buy my friend a coffee and I'll be back and pick him like literally it was insane like I would truly not recommend it do not do both at once <laughs> all right but but after 10 years of this literally I've been like my son is 11 so I've been doing comedy for 11 years that's literally how that's how you can count it. That's good to know though. I love that. I have to say, sorry. I was, I was going to say we're at time. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say this. Um, it will, um, so it will get harder with your son as he becomes more of a teenager. It's definitely, he's not going to be the cutest in the world, but you will be able to leave him home alone a little bit longer. So that's the yeah. trade off. All right, Smitha, take us home. Yeah. So lovely resounding, um, recommendation from Suni. Don't do both, but, um, <laughs> <clears throat> don't do both but um at the same time for mom comedians the ultimate know, advice this is this is actually a podcast devoted to people who have chosen to do both so, <laughs> we just got cancelled we just got we cancelled ourselves thank you all right thank you so much for talking to us today suni we loved having you so if we want to find you, where can we, where can we follow Suni? On Twitter at Suni Reyes, on Instagram, Sunny Rays, because code switching. <laughs> <laughs> and on YouTube, I would love for you to subscribe to my YouTube. I put a lot of parodies in there and, and how the young kids call it content. So, okay. uh, yeah, you can, you can find uh, fun stuff in there and, um, yeah, shows all over New York city and, you know, probably online as well because COVID still here. Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. And Lalita, where can we find you? I am on, on Instagram at Lalita D comedy, D double Lalita D comedy, uh, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find me, Smitha, on Twitter and Instagram at almostfavorite. And my website is almostfavorite.com. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for making time for us. It was delightful. Yay. This was so much fun. Oh, can so we great. just, can we be in the same state? Can you just move to New York? <laughs> <laughs> I know.